Hello, everyone. Welcome to All Roads from Oberlin, an independent podcast where we talk to alumni about their careers, lives, hopes, and dreams, and bring back whatever we can for other OBs to learn from. I'm Julian Worth, a rising junior, and in this episode, we've got one for the conservatory crowd, a conversation between my co-producer, Patty Stubel, who graduated dual degree as a vocalist, and Nina Zoe, a pianist who, in the past few years, has moved into advancement and development in the classical music world. Whether your background is in the conservatory or not, stay tuned for their thoughts on the fraught space that the arts inhabit in COVID world, on their experiences graduating from the con, and on defining success. So my name is Nina, Nina Zoe. I'm an alum from 2008 at Oberlin, and it's been, what, 12 years? And I would have never imagined this is where I would be in 12 years. After Oberlin, I went off and did my master's at Indiana University in piano performance. And then I am now in the you know, final stages of finishing my doctorate at Indiana University as well in piano performance. Congratulations. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so I majored in also piano for this doctorate and my minors were in arts business and education because you know those ended up starting to be the pillars of what I was passionate about and I started discovering that. And then, you know, I d- did a lot of traveling. My husband and I, we were both playing with the Verbier Chamber Orchestra. And so we did that for two seasons. And that just exposed us on a whole new level, like globally, about cultural differences between audiences, musicians. I mean, I like to look at that a lot. And then since then, because of these minors and my doctor, I had always been kind of thinking about this. I pivoted to development, advancement work. As musicians, we were always just, you know, on the stage side. And I knew how that worked. But I was astonished in seeing, wow, there's like 80% more (laughs) to, you know, (laughs) how we put on anything. You know, I really chose development because I thought it was kind of at the crux of a nonprofit, you know, because I see it as kind of like that lifeblood. And it's that pulsing thing that keeps it going. And so then you're working with people in finance and marketing and artistic and education, whatever it is, right? Because it's about the impact that your organization yeah. is doing. I'll, I'll pose it to, the, to you the same way it was posed to me. Um, and I'll warn you, to me, it was a little offensive. Um, <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> me, yeah, yeah. Someone once asked me, like, how did you choose to give up your dream oh, mm-hmm. of singing. Mm-hmm. Maybe more gently, how did you choose to not necessarily do piano performance as your career and as you yeah. know, your life? Well, I would probably tend to side with you <laughs> on my, <laughs> you know, my feelings towards a question like that. I felt like for me, I really looked at my values and I remember at Oberlin, my professor, so my mentor, Angela, she said to me once, it was in my sophomore year, and it was such an offhanded remark. She said, if you want to pursue the academia track and be a professor in anything, piano, theory, whatever, and you want to live in Canada, know that likely you're going to end up in a city. And if you end up somewhere in America, likely you'll end up in a small college town. 
you know, she was Canadian as well, like me, um, which is why <laughs> she mentioned that. Um, it's not really about this career is better than that career, which is better than that career. It's really about what do I want? How does it work alongside your social group, your relationship, your financial goals, right? That's a big thing we don't talk about in conservatories. <laughs> and um, <laughs> You're laughing. It's absolutely true. And I just think when that happens, it's, it's a shame because we could be equipping our students with so much more. Yeah. I, I completely agree. It is so empowering to think, oh, well, I just have to choose. And then and then I personally, I don't know about you, I personally get like, I'm like, well, but I could do this or I could do this, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's analysis paralysis. Through, I think, right, oh, 100%. <laughs> I think it's okay for people to you know, not like something, you know, it might be scary, but you might not have a good experience with the thing that you thought you really wanted to do. Yeah. Because you fantasies know? are real, right? Like we create <laughs> fantasies <laughs> because we yes. think it is this thing. And in reality, it might not be. And so we're, we're not always great at matching them and we're not always great at accepting them and and that comes with understanding yourself and understanding what what decision you're trying to make because and I'm not advocating for you know you make a decision you stick with it or you make a decision and and it could be the wrong decision and you've made a mistake you know I, I think you embrace failure you embrace all of these things no I you know I thought about getting my PhD and one of the best one of the best advice I ever got was kind of similar like was similar to what you were talking about earlier, which was, well, think about the lifestyle you want to have. It's very, very difficult for you to go teach at a Carnegie Mellon or a Yale or a, what you have to go teach at a Louisiana state university. And it's not just about, you know, what you get to offer there or what you get to research there. It's about the lifestyle. You have to live in a small town. Like Mm -hmm. you will not be paid a lot of money, Mm -hmm. you know, and that is a very specific type of lifestyle. And that for me was uh, when I crossed that off the list. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I hear you. And I, I think it's just about knowing yourself and then reassess. Maybe in three years, it's a little bit different. And you're looking for more stability or less stability or whatever it is, right? Uh, you want to travel more. You want to what, whatever. Then make another decision then. <laughs> None of these decisions are for life. <laughs> One of the things that I think I could have done better in was to be curious earlier in my life. If you're asking for money, uh, I would say that take care of your relationships because fundraising, philanthropy, all that, it's not really a business of asking money. It's a business of developing relationships. I'd love to hear more about the arts world a little bit, right? Right now in particular. What's really ambiguous right now? I think the most ambiguous thing is timeline. The timeline provides control and a reality of what is going to happen. So then how do you effectively still serve your students, your artists, your audience, your donors, all of that, right? 
I mean, it's always been evident, but it's even clearer now that being an artist is not just what you do, not simply what you do on stage. It's not simply what you do in the practice room, right? It's the platforms that we have been used to, we have been taught in, we went to school for, was the in-person stage. So if we remove the platform and it was the only thing in that in that space, the only platform we thought was available, then like we, it, it, it's lost, right? And so what are the other platforms we can use right now? Because there are other ones. And maybe not to see it as, um, you know, something that's inferior or something that um, you can't still create because maybe it's not about top quality and you can still create a very high quality video, you know. Right. Um, but maybe the purpose is something else. Maybe the purpose is bringing your fans closer. Uh, maybe the purpose is, you know, having way more like these one-on-one -on -one things where you can really get to know your people in your in that community that you've developed. Yeah, well, it's not just the loss of that final platform, right? It's if that's what you loved the most about performing was being in front of people with an orchestra around you on a stage with the lights on, that's probably not going to happen for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. And if that was what made being a musician worthwhile uh, you know enough yeah, yeah. exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> if any if, if you can't switch that perspective how do you reassess right like how do you exactly. kind of have that moment again yeah how do you reinvent yourself how do you want to reinvent yourself like right it, no, nobody's forcing you to reinvent yourself no I, I I totally agree and I you know for me personally at least the reason I did not pursue singing is because I was good at and liked doing other things and I I didn't love the performance aspect, right? I mean, that was fine, mm -hmm. but I loved the actual musical aspect and I could do that without it being my career. You know, I, I always felt lucky that I learned that really early. Mm -hmm. No, same, me <laughs> um, too. And, it, and it's something that I definitely hope that we can help, you know, like help other students see or hear a little bit or feel okay about maybe. Um, I have found that my conservatory degree has has helped me incredibly actually in my tech career. Um, mm -hmm. I am the only analyst that knows how to uh, present anything. <laughs> I mean, that's not true. Exactly. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Transferable <laughs> skills. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So could you maybe speak to how your con degree has helped you in your, uh, well, I mean, it's hard to say your non-con life because obviously you're working at a conservatory now, but you're not direct musical performance life. Right. Well, as a pianist, and I think similar as a vocalist, orchestra life is not the first thing we think about, right? I mean, I'm married to an orchestral musician, but I had kind of always seen it as you know, I wanted to see what are the different facets of being a pianist. And so, you know, you work in, you practice and work in a room by yourself so many hours of the day. So, you know, you definitely know how to work independently. 
you work in small groups, chamber groups, you know how to collaborate. You know how to collaborate in a very democratic way. I've been an orchestral musician, meaning I understand how it works with a conductor, how it works with an audience. And your understanding a pianist doesn't mean every time you play a piece, a piece of work, you have the same role. You don't have the same role. You have to be very agile to understand what your role is each time. And that is how in the workforce, like things get done. I like to think that, you know, going back to what I was talking about, about your values, that success doesn't look the same for every single person. And I think as an industry, we don't always embrace that. And which makes it so that our students don't know that they can embrace that. You know, how you define success could be very different from the next person who's sitting right next to you, who entered the same year as you. And it's almost like, yes, there's healthy competition, but there's no competition. You know, you're, you're creating your own life. Yeah. <laughs> and um, <laughs> right, like it's as simple as that. it sounds so silly. But you are, you're creating and designing your own life. And I think that what I would love to see is for more schools, conservatories, just education industry as a whole to really embrace that. And I'm starting to see more and more schools embrace it. Many pianists go through the competition like I don't know even what yep. I want to call it, the competition track, right? <laughs> and I did my fair share of competitions. I think you won your fair share of competitions. Well, I mean, well, thank you. <laughs> it, it sounds really silly now. And I actually, I, have, I don't think I even told anybody this. So I'm going to tell you this. I think at one point in some class, we had to write like, what do we, what do we want to do I have accomplished within the next five years or something like that. And you know what I wrote? I wrote that I wanted to like do well and place well in the international Chopin competition. I, what kind, that's such a strange and very specific goal. And it sounds like I'm super goal oriented, <laughs> right? But it was not even the closest to what I wanted to do in life. I was just like in this big you know, like tornado of this is what everyone wants. This is what you're told you should want. And this is how you succeed. (laughs) I know. I'm, I'm, I'm so with you. It's so funny. Uh, Hindsight is everything. Yeah. Uh. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I was reading this Uh. this last thing I was reading um, this book and the book is called designing your life. And very um, cool. It's relevant to what we're talking about today. And it kind of stuck with me for a long time. And and I'm going to read that. And it says, you know, usually there's this dysfunctional belief that if you're successful, you will be happy. But what you should do is try to reframe your thinking because true happiness comes from designing a life that works for you. Yeah. Um, anything that's just bringing you joy these days? Anything fun? Doesn't have to be yeah. big. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so this weekend, um, <laughs> it's not big. Uh, this weekend, my husband and I, we uh, 
planted these vegetables in these like long planters on our balcony. So we're going to try it out and see in two months time if I can have a tomato, that's success. <laughs> we'll come back to you then. <laughs> All Roads from Oberlin is an independent project produced by Patty Stubel, Maddie Henke, and Julian Wirth, who is me. Big thanks to Nina Zoe for coming on. Our sick art, which you're probably looking at right now, is from Steven Metzer. Thanks for listening, and, you know, just, I don't know, just, just chill out. Just, just figure out a, I don't know, have a good relaxing day. You know, kick back. You probably get the gist of whatever I was trying to say there. So, this is the last episode in our PATH series, but stay tuned, because next up, we talk to alumni working in travel and live theater, industries that have had a really rough go of the COVID-19 pandemic. Your listenership is not mandatory, but always appreciated. Peace.